Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And after the departure of Jim Harbaugh, former interim head coach Ron Morris now going to be the actual head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. Not a huge shock there, but we officially got the news not long ago from our very own Adam Schefter. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. Ian Fitzsimmons, you can find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. Me, Amber Wilson, you can find me as well at Amber W Sports. But we are getting you ready here for championship weekend, NFL football, Ian, not college ball. Let's bring in some help with doing that. Anita Marks, ESPN sports betting analyst, kind enough to join us each and every week. And Anita, thanks as always for your time. This is a big one. Let's start with the earlier game, Chiefs-Ravens. What do you have for us on this one? Yeah, so going on, going on into this game, uh, let's look at health, right? Like, here we've got the Ravens. They're coming in. Mark Andrews is healthy. Uh, they're getting Marlon, Marlon Humphrey back as well. Meanwhile, for the Chiefs, uh, they're all pro guard. Joe Suni is not likely to play. He leads all guards in the NFL in pass pro. And Willie Gay on the defensive side of the ball, who spags their defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, used to spy other quarterbacks. Uh, that use their legs. And, of course, we know that's what Lamar Jackson does. So Ravens coming in a lot more healthier than the Kansas City Chiefs, that's for sure. Meanwhile, the Ravens' defense, um, listen, they are not beat up and they are not as bad as the Dolphins and the Bills. And we've seen this Kansas City Chiefs team uh, offensively really struggle this season. I mean, they led the NFL in dropped passes. So I don't like the fact that it's sitting at four. If you got it at three, good for you. But sitting at four, I don't like it. I'm going to play it a few different ways. I'm going to play the Ravens in the first half at minus two and a half. I'm also going to play the Ravens up at the half and the Ravens win at the end of the game, and you can get that at plus 110. I also like the over at 44 and a half. Who knows? I think the Baltimore Ravens have such an explosive offense. I, I see them putting up at least 30, 35 points. And then also I'm going to go the Ravens team total over 23 and a half points. Again, I believe the Ravens win. I'm just worried about Mahomes magic in the fourth quarter to come back and, and, and cover. And um, so, but I do, I do like the Ravens winning this matchup. Yeah. You're not leaning Ravens. You're all about the Ravens. And, and I'm with you by the way, because America's all over Kansas city. And Anita, if you've learned anything about us over the last year, we're contrarians, right? Where America's going, I want to go the other way. I want to be rooting with the big buildings that are air-conditioned in that Nevada desert. But the weather concerns me a bit. 44 and a half. And you, you, you kind of hinted like you like the over in this thing. How much does the weather worry you when you're looking at an 85% chance of rain? Cold doesn't matter, right? But the rain does concern me a bit. How much does that concern you? The, the rain, a little concerning. Really, really, what you need to pay attention to is, is the wind. And, you know, and, and the wind isn't going to be too significant uh, in Baltimore. I mean, weather conditions aren't going to be ideal. It's not going to be like what they're going to see in, in San Francisco. Uh, but the fact that we're not getting like 30 to gust up to 60 mile per hour winds that we've seen in quite a few postseason matchups so far, 
Um, I, I'm I'm not too concerned. And and like I said, I, I really I, I think this Ravens offense is so explosive. Um, and and I think that they're I, I think they they definitely are going to put up more than three touchdowns. Um, and we know how good Patrick Mahomes is, especially in in, in the postseason. So. Um, again, a big reason why I'm leaning towards the over at 44 and a half. Anita Marks joining us. What about player props? What should we be looking at? Oh boy, how much time do we have? Um, I'm going, <laughs> An I'm hour going, and 54 give minutes. Us a few. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'm going. I'm going. Lamar Jackson over 64 and a half rushing yards. Um, I, I think he's got to do it with his feet. You know, whenever whenever Lamar Jackson the Ravens go up against a, an opposing team, they blitz more than normal. And Kansas City Blitz is the fifth most uh, blitzing percentage in, in the NFL. What happens when teams blitz? A lot of times they play man coverage, and now your DBs have their backs to Lamar Jackson, and that's when he really uh, tucks the ball and runs. So uh, I'm a lot of over in regard to most rushing yards of any player in the game, over 10.5 carries. Um, I'm also going to go unders with Mahomes. I'm going to go under 25 and a half completions for Patrick Mahomes, and I'm going to go under six and a half receptions for uh, Rasheed Rice. I-, I think the way that you beat the Baltimore Ravens and Andy Reid knows this is you've got to run the ball with Pacheco. Um, I-, I don't. I don't. This is a much better defense than, like I said, than the Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. So I think they're going to run the ball quite a bit. And also you run the ball, you eat up time of possession, you keep Lamar Jackson off the field. So, um, so just a few profits that I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be playing in that matchup for sure. Let's go to the other game, NFC championship, Detroit at San Francisco right now. Uh, San Fran, it, it's ticked up a bit, which being a fellow wager, Anita, that tells me Debo is going to play, meaning Debo Samuel, the all world, all everything. And, Utility, wide receiver, running back, you name it. He does it for San Francisco. It's now on ESPN bet at minus seven and a half. Wow, that's, yeah, a, big, so, that's a big hook, Anita. So which way are you leaning on this game? Yeah, so this is really interesting. So it was seven and a half this afternoon, and then when we hosted bet today at 6 o'clock, it, dro- it, it, it jumped down to seven, which was really interesting to me because Debo Samuel had met with the media and said, I'm going to play. So, okay, so now the 49ers get one of their best players back. He's saying he's going to play, and the line drops to seven. I didn't quite understand that. Um, I love the Lions getting the hook. I like this Lions team. I like this Lions matchup. So I'm going to play the Lions plus seven and a half. I'm also going to use it as a two-team, six-point teaser, and I'm going to tease the Lions. I'm going to use those six points, and I'm going to tease the Lions up to plus 13 and a half. And like I said, I like the Ravens-Kansas City over. So I'm going to tease that over down to 30. I'm going to take that other stick, and I'm going to tease the Ravens over down to 38 and a half. Um, You know, again, a few reasons here. Number one, and not to take anything away from Kyle Shanahan, one of the best coaches in the NFL, not denying that, but he's very conservative. So a lot of times he will, on fourth down, he'll go for field goals. Meanwhile, I like Dan Campbell one of the best coaches in the NFL against the spread, and he plays, and he, his mindset is very aggressive. So he goes for it on fourth down. I, I, the Lions are going to need that, that aggressiveness to make sure that they're going for it and trying to put up seven as opposed to settling for three. Uh, the 49ers, their biggest weakness is against the run. And we saw it with Aaron Jones last week, right? And what do the Lions do well? They run the football with that one-two punch with Gibbs and Montgomery. Meanwhile, the Detroit defense, 
top-ranked rushing defense, so it's going to be all on Brock Purdy to throw the football. And, oh, by the way, the Detroit Lions, number one in pressure rate this season. Hutchinson is going to be getting after Purdy, and the 49ers' offensive line has not been stellar. I do believe the 49ers win the game. I just don't think they win by more than a touchdown. I, I think this is going to be what, closer than what most people think. So I do like the Lions getting the seven and hook. All right, here is a personal question for you, Anita. Anita Marks, ESPN Bad, joining us here on Amber and Ian on ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson. I'm Ian Fitzsimmons. Amber, you can wait on this also. My youngest daughter, Marin, when my younger brother, Devin, was coaching for the Lions for six years, she became a diehard Lions fan. So when I was out in Vegas for an XFL game, I told my family, give me your wagers, right, You know, for future bets. She took her beloved Lions, her formative years, even though he's now with the Carolina Panthers, she took the Lions to win the NFC, twenty-five bucks to win two fifty. I offered her this morning a buyout. You can take fifty bucks or let it ride. What would you tell my youngest daughter to do? For the Lions to win the, the Super Bowl? No, no, no. NFC win this game. So they they oh, win. They win the- yeah, they, NFC Championship. She has she has a Vegas ticket from Caesars, twenty-five to win two fifty. So you would buy it from her to for win $50. I'm giving her a buyout. And you're, and I'm, you're I'm offering her, her $50. Yep. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that was my I wife's response. I let it ride. But she is a teenager, and 50 bucks is, right. is good I mean, money to a teenager. For a teenager, you know? yeah, it could go a long way. Um, again, I, I've got the 49ers winning here, so I'd probably I'd – probably, I'd probably take your fifty dollars. Take her, tell her to tap yeah, out. But, there but, you go. but but then here's the thing: you're you're then then you know the the thrill of watching the game, knowing that she has an opportunity of winning two hundred and fifty dollars. You're, you're you know you're she's she's giving that away. She's giving the thrill away as well. You know what I mean? I don't. That's tough. Here's 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 what I told her this morning as she went to school. If you take the 50, you still get the thrill of your team going to the Super Bowl if you win. So it's a it's a win-win either way. You know what her response was? What, Too fitty go- yeah. goes a long way, Dad. It goes a long, it goes a long way. Here's the real answer. The real answer, me knowing Ian Fitzsimmons, is what I would tell her. Take the 50 because your dad's a softy. And if it hits, he's still going to give you the rest of it anyways. What? <laughs> yeah. But if it doesn't hit, you got 50. That's what I know about Ian Fitzsimmons. Anita Marks, ESPN sports betting analyst. Thanks, you both, Anita. You both are dead to me. Both of you. Both of you. <laughs> you guys enjoy the games See on you, Sunday. Anita. Always good See being you. with you. Thanks. Coming up next here. Would you Amber really do Hill. Hold on a minute. Would you really do that? Yeah, for you to with you, you are a softy about your daughters. A hundred percent. If is it is it Marin? Is yes, it Marin? It's a young If yeah. Marin takes the fifty. She can take the. She'll say, "Okay, Dad, I'm going to take the fifty. And then, if the Lions lose, she's fifty bucks richer. But what I know about Ian Fitzsimmons is he's a little softy. So if the Lions end up going to the Super Bowl and that's that pain. thing is worth two hundred and fifty bucks, I'm guessing you're going to go let her cash it anyways. <laughs> it's a good insurance plan. Before we hit uh, anything else here, though, we got to tell you right now in, in the NBA, Booker has now put up thirty-seven points for the Phoenix Suns. He had. What was it, James? Thir- in the not 29. 31, 29, 29, 29 in the 29 first in the quarter. First, yeah. In the first quarter, he has put up 37. Luca has already put up 41. 
And they're so trailing by dudes, one. And they're trailing. Can someone tell Luca the Booker had 29 in the first? They don't like is, each other. Is, is Dallas's game at the half, too? Um, uh, six seconds away, and okay. Luca's about it, to hit another free throw. So just right. add to that. All right. Booker's game is at the half right now. Coming up next here, we will keep you updated on both of those games. Coming up next here. Where does Brock Purdy rank out of the final four quarterbacks that are left? We will get into that. Amber and Ian is on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Takes it, hands off to McCaffrey off the left side. Breaks a tackle! Touchdown! Out of the shotgun, deep drop. Pressure, gets chased out to his right, will throw on the run back. It is intercepted. Go down, Dre Greenlaw. The 49ers have advanced on to the NFC Championship game for a third straight year. We needed a win like that. It just helps you get more battle-tested. Well, the 49ers are finally a bit battle-tested. They had gone all season without overcoming a second-half deficit to win, becoming the first NFL team in 13 seasons to reach the playoffs without achieving that feat. But then they got battle-tested in this last round in the postseason, and they did, in fact, have to come back. Brock Purdy was able to get them back, but boy, did he get a lot of criticism for some of the more lackluster moments in that game. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons here with you. So the question here, Ian, is there are four left in terms of quarterbacks in the postseason. How do you rank these four quarterbacks? This is a very difficult question. Because at the top or at I mean, the bottom? There's a clear the number bottom. one. No, the let's, bottom. Let's, I'm, I'm, I, no, I'm going to the bottom. First of all, I would say there's not a clear number one. Clear cut number because one. Because even guy. though you, Mr. Kansas City Chiefs, not Mr. Kansas City, because like you, I don't actually know what your affiliation is with Kansas City. Nevertheless, Mr. You Chiefs, yeah, he, you he, might think that it's Patrick Mahomes. What I do think you think the want? majority you want to... of Americans. Let him breathe, James. Let him breathe. Go ahead, Amber. Go ahead. You might think it's Patrick Mahomes this season. There's a lot of people who would say Lamar Jackson. And by the way, this season, Lamar Jackson has had a better season than Patrick Mahomes. So if we're ranking these four quarterbacks in a postseason right now, there is certainly an argument to be made, even with the top two, but certainly the bottom two on this four-ranking list. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go number one, Lamar Jackson. Two, Mahomes. You You heard that, James? Three. It's already a bad list. Three, now this is where it gets tricky, 
Because Jared Goff, I don't know how many people realize this. Jared Goff was second in the NFL this year in total passing yards. Behind only Tua Tungvaloa. That's the only guy who was ahead of him. And then he had more touchdown passes than Tua did. He had 30 to 12 INTs. The only guy, I mean, the only guy ahead of him was, what, Dak? Or maybe, I think maybe CJ, no, was it Jordan Love? Jordan Love may have had more than him also. But bottom line what, is. From 30, for 30 touchdowns? Yeah. Well, Brock Purdy had more than him because Brock Purdy had 31 touchdowns this season. So, there you so go. So, he edged him out. So, so there you go. Third, I, I, Brock Purdy's 31 touchdowns, 11 I, interceptions. Jared Goff's 30 and 12. I'm going L- Lamar 1, Mahomes 2. I'm going Brock Purdy 3 over wow. Jared Goff. Only because and maybe it's just, just I'm an underdog guy and I'm, I'm one of those dudes who, you know, grew up in a small, fa- you know, small town, small farm. You know, when you, somebody hikes their leg on you nonstop, I, I'd lean into that. And Brock Purdy does not get the credit he deserves. He completed damn near 70% of his passes. You know, again, what? Fifth most in, in passing yards this year. And he gets zero credit. It's all, well, he's a system guy. And if he's drafted in the first round, or hell, in the second round, and not, not dead last, or if he was an undrafted free agent... Brock Purdy is getting a lot more respect than he's given right now. So I'm going to go just on principle. Lamar won, Mahomes two. I'm going to go Purdy three just for spite over Jared Goff. And I'm going to go, and that's not a shot at Goff at all, but I'm just giving more credit to Brock Purdy for what he's done than what anybody else is doing, if that makes sense. I grew up in a pretty small town as well. Not as small as the one you grew up in. Probably looks like a huge city compared to the one that you grew up in. 900 people. One traffic away where I grew up. Okay. That is a small town. Damn. Uh, so, no. Then I grew up in a huge, I grew up in the huge <laughs> metropolis of Sarasota, Florida. Just bustling, huge, insane metropolis of Sarasota, Florida. And my upbringing wasn't exactly an underdog upbringing. So... Although I like an underdog story, I'm going to take one up for the guys who aren't necessarily the underdogs in this scenario. And I'm going to go Jared Goff over Brock Purdy. Although I would say both of these guys have an argument to be made for the underdog story, right? Of course. Now, Jared Goff, the reason that I would say he's less of an underdog here is because, of course, Brock Purdy, we know, Mr. Irrelevant. Fine. I think he's on the better team. Jared Goff, on the other hand was not Mr. Irrelevant coming into the league and a guy who we've seen in a Super Bowl before. Now, we also saw him get counted out by the Rams. We saw him get traded away to Detroit. We all thought he was going to fade into oblivion, and he did not do any of that. So he also fought back. Both of them are two of the best stories this season in the entire NFL. I believe in Jared Goff more, though. The body of work is bigger. I believe in the team surrounding Brock Purdy more. That's so not I feel the, better yeah, about that's not the, question, the 49ers' though. The question chances. is, which, which, which quarterback... Rank them one, two, three, four. If we're ra- if we're just specifically ranking quarterbacks, then I'm I'm putting Jared this Goff year. over Brock Purdy okay. this season. I'm putting okay. Jared Goff over Brock Purdy, and I, it's not it's as a not body of easy... work. I'm going Mahomes, right? I mean, I, body of work, career. It's Mahomes right. number one this season. I'm going Lamar one, Mahomes two, and then just for spite, season, I'm going Purdy. 
Yeah, this season, you have to put Lamar over Mahomes. The thing is, if we're just talking, though, this round of the playoffs, like for me, it's very hard to ever bet against Patrick Mahomes in the postseason. And he just does this thing where he turns into this different person. Even, I mean, it doesn't normally. Normally, he's that person all season long. But this season, I feel like this Kansas City team has turned into a different team here in the postseason than the one that we are watching all season long. Pull the mic away from James Steele's uh, face, right? Just go away. George Kittle, 49ers tight end on the Pat McAfee show, explained why he thinks Brock Purdy, his quarterback, doesn't get as much love as he deserves. I don't know. Are people tired of a good underdog story? Like, do people not want to see a, a normal person it? succeed? Like, I'm sorry that he's not like six foot four, 240 pounds, can throw it 80 yards, and, you know, has all these rushing highlights. Like, he plays our system perfectly. You see him, he takes the perfect footwork. He has great arm. He has great eyesight. He doesn't just throw checkdowns the entire way up and down the field. He tries to force the ball downfield to try to get the ball into the hands of Debo, Ayuk, and me. Hey, and if that's not open, Chris McCaffrey's underneath for a 10 yard gain. Like, he does all the things that you ask, you one of a quarterback and people just don't want to see that for some reason right now and hey it is what it is and I think uh, I know Brock and I think Brock's just going to keep playing the quarterback position at a super high level and I don't think he listens to the noise so people will just keep talking and it is what it is he's six one two twenty. by the way I don't know why there was this shot there too only in that world I love what he said incredibly Amber, small. about him being in his reputation of check down Charlie he's not he does drive the ball down the field right he does. Listen, it, it hasn't been flawless lately, and I think that's why people are critical. It was weird. People were so hypercritical coming off of that divisional round. It, it, it was a strange experience, and I understand he got away with a few there, but it was a weird reaction. I do think that people love an underdog story. There is no larger underdog story at the quarterback position than Brock Purdy's in the entire NFL, frankly, in the entire history of the NFL. However... The Lions are a hell of an underdog story as a team overall. And so from that perspective, I think that's a little bit of what Brock Purdy is running into here is he's quite literally running into what has become America's team. Coming up next, what will it mean to the Ravens offense having Mark Andrews back here on ESPN Radio? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. And you ready for championship weekend here on ESPN Radio. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. Chiefs at Ravens will get us started on championship Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern. So let's talk to somebody on the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens fullback Patrick Ricard. And Patrick, thanks so much for spending some time with us. For people who may not know your backstory, you're a four-time Pro Bowl fullback. You're also a D-lineman. You're also playing more inline tight end. We should just basically introduce you as a football player. I mean, does that about cover it? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. It's just ever since I've gotten here, it's just whatever the team and the coaches have asked me to do, I just say yes and try to make it work. And for the most part, <laughs> I've you know made the most of my opportunities and done well to where I'm just doing more and more. And you know, that's that's what I'm all about. I just try to help the team any way I can and. I've been just playing multiple roles in my career, and I don't think that that will ever change. Where does that unselfish attitude come from? I think just my upbringing, just 
from a small town and then only had one division offer and then was undrafted and just, you know, overlooked my whole, my whole life. So it was just kind of had that chip on my shoulder and just, you know, kind of had the undrafted mentality still even in year seven. Yeah, and so that was my next question. And Patrick Card, you know, Pro Bowl fullback, tight end, D lineman. I mean, even though I know you don't play D line anymore, but you are still capable, mm-hmm. which also makes your your value on a fifty three man roster. Ricard here with us on ESPN Radio. So, how many times have you heard that over that seven year career? You still have that UDFA mentality that because of your versatility, you are a unique weapon and roster spot for any NFL team because you can do so many different things for a fifty three man roster. Right. I mean, in the NFL, you always hear, you know, it's the more you can do. And I think that's so true because, you know, they can only have so many actives. So what do you have to do? You try to make yourself the most valuable as you can by doing so many different things, special teams, offense, defense, multiple roles. And, you know, I think that's what I've just been you know, trying to do. But at the end of the day, it's really just trying to help the team win any way I can. All right, so what would you prefer? A blindside sack where the quarterback doesn't even see you coming and you declete his ass, or a pancake block? I think it was a Rams game earlier this year where you almost took a dude into the bench. You could have taken him into the bench, <laughs> if my memory yeah. serves, right? So which yeah. one, pancake or decleating uh, sack? Uh, I mean, that's tough. Um, you know, if I was still playing D-line, I would probably say the sack because those are so hard to come by and – that's such a big play for the team, and it's nothing better than just absolutely laying someone out. But now that I've been playing offense solely for the last couple of years, I mean, anytime you can pancake a grown man like that against their will is <laughs> just so demoralizing for them. And like you said, you know, driving a DB all the way to the benches, um, that's also a great feeling. And, you know, I, I could have really, like, blocked him into the bench, but I just felt like, I didn't want to get penalized or fined or anything like that. And I didn't want to hurt the guy. I just think he was already blocked at that point. <laughs> I mean, he was like literally two steps from the bench from you, like sitting him down. So if you said, you, you, you said feeling there like three or four times, take us onto the field. What is that like to physically move another grown man against his will, wherever you want to take him? <laughs> um, it's a great feeling. I mean, it's just, it's very empowering, you know. It's like you you can't do that anywhere else in the world besides football or another physical sport like that. And especially in football, when it's they're trying to defend you and they're trying to do the same thing to you, but you're doing it to them. And especially if a big play, a big run gets run off right off your block, it's it's just you know I don't think there's much better than that. I, I, I can't even imagine. I really can't. And, and by the way, we're now championing the fullback position because Kyle Juszczyk was on with us a couple weeks ago. Jason Cabinda mm-hmm. with the Lions uh, was here earlier. Now now uh, four-time Pro Bowler and yourself, Patrick Ricard, here with us from the Baltimore Ravens getting you ready for championship weekend here on ESPN Radio. So we're bringing old school back here, Patrick, just one step at a time, one interview at a time. Let, let's, talk, let's talk about this KC defense, man. When you watch them on film, Spags has got them flying around. Steve Spagnuolo, their defensive coordinator. What stands out to you? Um, they play multiple fronts. So like every snap, you're just, you're going to see guys in different places and you know, they, they blitz quite often and they're good at disguising it. So for us, it's just a matter of, of playing with our rules of the play and really getting your pre-snap reads and anticipating on what the defense is going to do. And they play really hard and, you know, I have a lot of respect for these guys. So it's definitely a big challenge for us. And, you know, we're, we're just getting after it this week of just 
getting our game plan and, and watching film and you know preparing as best we can for Sunday. You know, Patrick, I, I really thought you're going to have Mark Andrews. You know, you're you're all pro tight end back last week, and it didn't happen. Now he is going to be back this week. What does he mean lining up to you in this offense? Yeah, I mean, it, it means everything. You know, when you think about the Ravens, you, you have to think about Mark Andrews and just what he means to this team, to the city, to the locker room. Um, you know, and he's worked so incredibly hard. He's been rehabbing here this whole entire time at the facility, just trying to get his ankle ready to come back and. You know, we just knew that if we kept winning, there's a possibility that he will come back. And, and you know, he's done an unbelievable job. The coaches here, the, you know, staff, the training staff, strength staff has done a great job working with him. And just to have him, like, in the huddle, in the in meeting rooms and everything is just that leadership. And just, just not even him talking, just his presence is just – it's just felt. So, to have him for this game, I mean, it's, it's going to mean a lot to us and to Lamar. You know, I think Lamar said the other day that – He's his go-to guy. It's his bread-and-butter guy. You know, they've had a great chemistry. They're both of their whole careers. They came in, I think, the same draft class. So um, it's definitely going to mean a lot. And, you know, I think I think it's been great that Isaiah Likely's been getting a lot of the looks yep. that he's been out because now Zay's playing like a number one tight end. And to have them together again now, it's just it's going to be, you know, hopefully a problem for defense to try to defend. Patrick, you mentioned Lamar Jackson there, man. Uh, you've been playing with him for a long time now. What, what's what's he like, especially in the huddle, game on the line? Well, what what stands out, what jumps out when it comes to the person and the player that is, in my opinion, in our opinion, he's going to be the MVP again? Yeah, I mean, just as a, as a person, you know, I think he's a very genuine person and he's, he's kind of a jokester, you know. He likes to keep it light, but at the same time, he knows what's important and when he has to become – the Lamar Jackson, everyone knows he will be, especially in games or critical games. And I think this year he's been more vocal. Um, I think he just feels like it's just it's just time to really start making this happen. And, and there's no reason why we, with him as a quarterback, we shouldn't be in, in contention every year. So I think, you know, he has his contract. He has all these weapons around him now. We have an incredible defense. Always had a great special team. So it's just like, it's like the time is now. And I think when we're playing, you can just feel like, Nothing is good enough for him. Like he'll bust off a forty-yard run and then throw a fifty-yard touchdown, and then he's not even excited. You know, I think that's even after the the win uh, this past weekend. You know, he had to give a speech to break it down for us, and he was just telling us like, "Hey, the job's not done. Like, we shouldn't even be satisfied. Like, yeah, this is cool to be one, but like, we we still we still have to win another one, and then hopefully another one." So, just kind of been his mentality of just staying locked in. You know, we've been hearing that all week from him: just stay locked in. Love it. And by the way, you, you mentioned the time is now three different times. So obviously this Ravens bunch is locked in. I can't wait to watch it. As we turn you loose, Jim Harbaugh is now the head coach of the Chargers. He just won a natty. John Harbaugh's won a Super Bowl. Jack, Jack Harbaugh, their dad, won multiple national championships as a college coach. Would it, if, it, if you can sum up the Harbaugh coaching family, man, how would you do it as a guy who plays for one of them? Yeah. Um, you know, we have Jack here uh, actually like multiple times throughout the year and he'll give speeches and you'll be around him. And and you can just see that literally Jack Harbaugh and John and Jim, they're all like the same people. And I think the <laughs> one word that I always use, what I always use with those guys is, is their passion. They're just so passionate for the game of football. And when you have a coach that's that passionate, you just play that much harder for them. And, 
you know, and besides that, I think John, especially just a leader of men, you know, he's, there's a reason why this, the Ravens have a culture and a good culture and a winning team is because of him. And he's always able to lead us and, and make sure that we're ready to go on every Sunday. Man, come away healthy. Uh, go get one more, and and <laughs> can't wait to watch it. Thank you so much for your time, as always, Patrick. Good to catch up again. Yes, thank you. Appreciate having me. Man, it's our pleasure. Patrick Ricard, fullback, four-time Pro Bowler for the Baltimore Ravens, here with us on Amber and Ian on on ESPN Radio. And Amber, go get I, one more. You meant you meant go get two more. Well, I'm guessing Patrick every, wants every, to get one game more. Time. Every, every, oh, God. dang it! Uh, every, every, he doesn't every, want to jinx it. The every whole, coach the whole goes, thing. "Hey." One and zero. You always want to just yeah. be one and zero. We'll just be yeah. one and zero. But that last part about the Harbaugh family, right? Mm-hmm. I love how John and Jim both have their dad Jack around the building, and they, you know, when we were at the national championship, you know, you have you know Jim Harbaugh talking about how his dad is there, and you talk to the Michigan players, right, where you know his dad was around the facility and going over cutups, start, stop, start, stop, watching tape. It is the Harbaugh family is to coaching as the Manning family is to quarterbacks. That's the I think it's the, the basic way to say it. And you hear Ricard there talking about the passion they have. It's infectious, and it just goes through the team, start, start to you know top to bottom. It definitely does seem to do that. Tune into NBA action tomorrow night as the Nuggets host the Sixers presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 5 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Speaking of hoops, Luca right now has 55 points. Devin Booker has 45 points tonight. So we are on the watch for both of those games. Just monstrous performances so far from both of those dudes. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian. What Super Bowl matchup would you like to see the most? We'll get into that. Amber and Ian is on ESPN Radio. There were four. The Chiefs, the Ravens, the Lions, the 49ers. Two of those teams will find their way to a Super Bowl. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive. Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons here with you. Sixers at Nuggets on ESPN Radio. Coverage will begin at 5 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Also on Saturday, UNC at Florida State. Coverage will begin right here at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. So you can listen to some basketball on Saturday and then get geared up for championship football on Sunday. And in terms of a Super Bowl matchup, Ian, it's never too soon to discuss what's the matchup that Fitzsimmons wants to see. I don't like you anymore. Um, Why? This, one, this one's hard. It really is because the, the, the Lions are the underdog feel-good story. And my brother coached there for six years, right? And then Kansas City, to me, and I, I'm curious to get your thought. Before I give you my, my full answer, let me get your opinion on this. Is Kansas City right now, I mean, going into what, six straight AFC championship games, have they become the Alabama or Georgia, right, of the NFL, where every year, here they are. And we constantly hear in college football that we're so tired of Bama and Georgia, and it was Clemson at one point, right? Then you got some fresh blood, and bam. I mean, it was like a shot of adrenaline. Is Kansas City to you right now? the Alabama or the Georgia of the NFL? Well, for me, it would just be, it would just be Alabama because I'm not there yet with Georgia. I, I'm not as tired of Georgia. I'm a lot more tired, frankly, of Ohio State than I am 
of Georgia. Oh, wow. Really. I, I could I probably one more from Kirby and then I'll be and then I'll be over it. Uh, but Alabama's run, absolutely incredibly tired of it. Not at all sad to see Nick Saban retiring. Okay, uh, you know we can hearken it back to Yankees and Bulls uh, oh, and part Cowboys of that Georgia thing is that, is that that people like end up hating. Part of that Georgia thing is, is that is that some Florida Gator coming out in you or because back to back Natties. No, Gators hate Gators hate Georgia. That's what I mean. Hate Georgia. So yeah, that's what I mean. So no, but I mean it's just two. I guess for me, like two, and yes, it's back to back. But I guess for me, that's not necessarily a dynasty. Now, if you're winning another one, what I don't like is dynasties. Like the Warriors. I'm not saying that. I'm not not going dynasty at all. I'm just saying from from a Bama felt like a dynasty. Uh, No, it it didn't feel. It was aren't the same category. Yeah, Yeah, I mean it it was the same. Saban built a dynasty. Saban built an empire. He took a town and built it into a city. Um, Kansas City, right, and Mahomes and six straight AFC championship games and everything else, right, is that the, the question on the table, have they become the Bama, let's just shorten it there, right, the Bama of the NFL? Yes, to me, wow. the Kansas okay. City Chiefs have absolutely wow. become the Alabama of the NFL. I am tired of it. I've been there. I've done that. I've seen it. I, I have no reason to dislike Kansas City other than that, right? It's just a story that we've seen time and time again. We all know they're great. Sure, Patrick Mahomes is great. Andy Reid's great. Like The conversation's over with those guys. It's done. Yaddy, yaddy, blah, blah, blah. It's boring to me now. Let's move on. I want some fresh blood. Wow. So, the Ravens wouldn't be boring to me because to me, it's so much of a better story to watch Lamar Jackson finally get over that hump, right? And to watch Baltimore in that situation, particularly with this quarterback, for them to be able to do it with him on a year that he's going to win the MVP again. That's the better story than Mahomes and Andy Reid doing it again. I mean, sure, it'd be impressive. Don't get me wrong. It'd be impressive from Kansas City, particularly this season, because it was a season that they had a down season and we counted them out for them to to win it twice if they were winning a Super Bowl twice after the departure of Tyreek Hill. All of that's wildly impressive, but I've already been impressed by them. I don't really need to be impressed anymore by them. I'd rather be impressed right now by the Baltimore Ravens and see them in a Super Bowl. You know what? This pains me to say this. I agree with you. Now, I wouldn't say that Kansas City is Bama yet because they have a a unique factor and Andy Reid is lovable, right? Saban was hateable. Does that make sense? Right. Andy Reid's lovable. Patrick Mahomes is lovable. and That gets old, though. Like, the Warriors got real old to me and Steph Curry, oh, he's so lovable and his cute I, face and all that I, stuff. I, that I, never, I never got them, tired of it. little family and all that. But having, having said all of that, I think, <laughs> man, one, the Lions are the home run. If, if you're the NFL, you're praying the Lions win this game. The feel-good story, the ultimate underdog, the city that really needs it, like my New Orleans Saints post-Katrina, right? I mean, we, we you and I talked about this a couple nights ago where a football team gave hope not just to a city, but to an entire region of the country. Well, Detroit's on its way back, but man, to ride the back of a football team, uh, when you live in, in a city that is all about sports and a feel, man, when it comes to a 
fiscal responsibility and a fiscal impact in a community, it's remarkable what winning does, right? So not just from a feel-good story, the underdog story, but who the hell ever dreamed in our lifetime that we would see the Lions in a Super Bowl? Let that sink in, right? I mean, I didn't. You didn't. Hell, my brother coached for him for six years. He probably did. But, but I mean, most but, people didn't. To your point, though, most yeah. So you, not you, think. you have Detroit on one side, and on the other side, uh, you know, if you're an NFL exec, you probably want Kansas City. But for me, give me Baltimore because that's another city that needs it. So I'm, I'm, I'm a big, you know, tugging my heartstrings and all that kind of stuff. Give me Baltimore. Give me Detroit, and I am going to sit back and and. Big up, uh, Joe, little Joe Steele, right? She and I can get some, uh, James Steele's daughter can get some nachos. And, and yeah, I know, sorry, uh, James, I apologize. I, know I said Baltimore is going to be in there, but we can still have some nachos. That, that, that's her go-to meal, right? For, for an NFL she, game. She does love, she does love some nachos. Yeah. Although it'll taste better if her Kansas City Bob, Chiefs yeah. are still in it. Everything, everything right. tastes a little better. Just bounce them. Yeah, give me Baltimore, give me Detroit. I think that's my, that's a matchup that I would like to see. I'm a little torn because I think from a football perspective, Ravens 49ers would be a lot of fun. And so from that perspective, On the gridiron, it's just yeah. a football it. fan. Like that's kind of the matchup I want to see. You're going X's and O's, not, 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 not feel yes. good, hard straight. Yeah, yes. I get no, it. No, not it. stories. The storyline is obviously you can't, you can't negate it with Detroit. There is no better storyline left in these playoffs, period, than the Detroit Lions. But in terms of actual product on the field, I think Ravens 49ers would maybe be the better matchup there. So I'm a little torn from that respect. I do think the NFL would prefer the Chiefs over the Ravens because if the NFL could have it their way, I would imagine oh, no, no, having no doubt. No Taylor doubt. Swift and no the doubt. Kelsey brothers no doubt. in the Super Bowl. And no, as much as marketing. we all say that we hate dynasties, as do I, and that we hate these teams that are just always in it, as do I, they're also the ones that bring the ratings. They just are. How angry was James Steele at me right now for bringing his daughter in talking nachos and Ravens in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. over Kansas City? I, I Listen, keep, uh, uh, keep, uh, uh, that, uh, it, uh, <laughs> he likes the doubt. I like, that, like, the I like, that, I like that no one's really thinking that they're going to do it. And no one's I really thinking that. that. Well, I, that's, you, that's way you, overstating it. Like, the fact that the Chiefs have become, like, this lovable underdog is this weird heel Thank you. the Chiefs. Thank like, that's, you. Thank I cannot you. buy into this Thank malarkey you. that we're no, doing. I, where, I don't like, think anyone thinks they're lovable. Being ca- nobody thinks they're lovable. No. Luca's got frankly, 57, by the way. That they're the underdog. Yes, they've dropped a lot of footballs this season. Nobody would be surprised if they end up pulling it off. Coming up next, we will continue to pull it off here on ESPN Radio.